This is Roger Penske, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, sponsored by Penske Truck Rental. IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy as we begin our fourth season of giving IndyCar fans a behind-the-scenes look at the NTT IndyCar Series and the drivers that compete in the Indianapolis 500. The new year means it's back to work for the teams in the NTT IndyCar Series. For some of the drivers, they will compete later this month in the Rolex 24 Daytona, but for the team members, they will prepare the cars that will be sent into competition beginning with the March 10th Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. One area of development that continues is the hybrid assist unit, although its introduction into the series is delayed until after the 108th Indianapolis 500. As we hit the midway point of January, many teams are quite busy back at the race shops as the start of the season is now less than two months away at the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg on March 10th. Our guest this week is Ben Bretzman, race engineer at Team Penske for driver Scott McLaughlin. Bretzman and the other team members of the engineering department have played a major role in hybrid assist testing during the end of 2023, but now look ahead to the start of the season. I had a chance to talk to Bretzman at the Team Penske Racing Facility in Mooresville, North Carolina for this exclusive Pit Pass Indy interview. It's the new year, but that's always a good time to catch up with a lot of race teams in the uh, NTT IndyCar Series because they're getting ready for the new year. Today, we're over at Team Penske in Mooresville, North Carolina, and we're talking to Ben Bretzman, race engineer for Scott McLaughlin on the number three Chevrolet at Team Penske. Ben, as the calendar turns to 2024, I'm sure you have a lot of work already underway. A little bit of a boomerang was thrown in, though, since the hybrid assist unit's going to be delayed in the 24 season. So how will that change your plans or what you do during the off season? Uh, it's, it's been a super busy off season. Um, as we kind of get ready for St. Pete here, uh, it, it's been crazy with trying to test, uh, test the hybrid and get miles on the hybrid and then, um, try to figure out how that's going to affect the car and the racing and how the drivers are going to use that. And, uh, as, as things have, developed and have things have changed and the, and the 
car specs have kind of been in flux. It's it's been somewhat difficult to the standpoint of kind of knowing which ways to develop. Do you do you put a lot of emphasis on a hybrid? Do you put a lot of emphasis on on non hybrids and where you needed to improve from last year? Um, so it's been somewhat difficult to kind of really tie down which way do you want to go. Um, but honestly, we haven't really had much of an off season until probably the beginning, middle of November. Um, from honestly, the trucks went straight from Laguna straight to a hybrid test. And from the middle of September till the middle of November, it was a lot of hybrid miles, a lot of, a lot of trying to durability test systems and understand that as best we can. So when that does come online, uh, you know, the, the product that IndyCar puts out is going to be, going to be good. It's just, uh, how do you, how do you manage that time? And then also try to get better. How do you get better from 23 to 24 while also trying to, to, run miles and, and uh, understand this new hybrid system. So um, it's it's been incredibly busy. It's been one of the busier off seasons um, trying to manage both those kind of expectations and how do, how do we how do we get better? From where the hybrid assist unit testing began to where it is now in January 2024, how would you describe the progress that has been made and the challenges that have been overcome? Uh, it's It's been a lot of a lot of uh, information for the manufacturers, for the teams, for the drivers um, to try to understand. Uh, it's a whole new system for us, for a lot of us. Um, obviously, there's been some different styles and different versions of hybrid and, and uh, across different you know, racing disciplines. Um, a lot of us in IndyCar haven't haven't got our, got our feet wet with that. So um, when we first, you know, started testing things, it, you know, in the, even the theory of it a couple of years ago, uh, it was all new. Like we didn't know what to, what to anticipate, what could go wrong, what, um, what the advantages were, how are we going to take advantage of it? What are we going to do with it? It's been a, it's been a long process where we've done a lot of miles. Um, and it's, it's, it's finally coming to the point where you can kind of see where, you know, where can each manufacturer, where can each team, how can each driver, um, use the system use it as a performance advantage? How can you help yourself out as a team, as a manufacturer? Um, it's just come a long way because uh, the, the, the entry base was, was very minimal information to the point now where um, we know, you know, we understand a lot more about it and how to, uh, how do we, how are we gonna make the cars go faster ultimately? And uh, the manufacturers have been a big help with that. Um, it's been a big growing pains between hardware issues and software issues and trying to get, everything to talk to each other. You know, it's a, it's a new technology for, for many of us and it's a lot of new hardware. Um, so it's just a lot of growing pains that are finally starting to get to the point where they're pretty ironed out. As Penske Entertainment president and CEO Mark Miles explained, it's not like IndyCar went out and bought somebody else's technology or somebody else's battery. This whole system and unit has been created by IndyCar, by Honda, by Chevrolet, and by Mao. So to get all that information together, is it in some ways taken away some of the time that you may have prepared in the off season to get ready for 2024? Oh yeah, 100%. I, I, I applaud IndyCar and, and the manufacturers. Obviously we tried to do this, you could say 18 months ago with some different manufacturers and had of, of hybrid parts and it was an issue. Um, we had pretty big reliability issues, pretty big issues trying to get parts. Um, and IndyCar and, and Honda and Chevy came together and said, you know, we're going to, we're going to sort the problem out ourselves. And, um, it's a pretty steep learning curve, but I think they've done a pretty darn good job of, uh, 
of getting a product out there now that that's uh, is pretty reliable and 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 is gonna you know enhance this, the racing in general. But that's kind of the thing with this off season is how do you balance that, right? How do you balance what you know what we, what were Team Penske's uh, deficiencies in 2023? What were Scott McLaughlin and the three cars deficiencies in 2023. How do you get that better while also trying to introduce and inject a new technology into, into our group? Um, that's kind of how the, it's a very delicate balancing act of, you know, we need to say we need to be better at one type of track, but we also need to make sure that when we run the hybrid, we're good at every track. And so it's, it's very difficult to kind of manage that time. Um, I think we've done a pretty good job of it. Obviously we won't know until we, we kind of get on the racetrack, both without and with the hybrid. Um, but uh, just kind of being ready for every scenario is, is really the key. Of course, Team Penske is one of Chevrolet's marquee teams. You also have Aero McLaren, who's done a lot of testing on the Chevrolet side. Over at Honda, you've had Chip Ganassi Racing and Andretti Global do much of the testing. There's a lot of teams out there that haven't had a chance to test it yet. And how much of a advantage or disadvantage is that place with the field? That's, that's a, we've, we've been discussing that a little bit, actually. It's kind of amusing. Um, a lot of, I think a lot of drivers in particular on, on teams that haven't been able to drive the hybrid are upset or want to be able to drive more. And I understand that from a driver's perspective, they want miles, they want reps, right? You want to be driving a race car around. Um, I don't think that they see the amount of time that we've had to devote to run the hybrid, not only just since the beginning of off season, but all through 2023, we were spread pretty thin trying to run the hybrid and also run a successful racing team um, that put a product out every weekend on the racetrack. So it's it's a massive um, vampire of time and resource to try to develop this new system. So it's not, yeah, we might have some advantages of a standpoint that we've run um, the system and we kind of understand what to look for and how are we going to use it. I, I get that. And the drivers have had lots of time in particular, uh, uh, will powers on a tremendous amount of mileage for us. Um, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's been a massive resource drain. And I think that's what we're going to see is, is the other teams in the league, have they been able to sit at home and, and get better? Um, because we've been so, hybrid uh centric essentially that's how we've been trying how do we how do we manage that that's been the, the tough part for us this off season pit pass indy and another small group of media were allowed to attend the hybrid test at the indianapolis motor speedway in october and as you said will power did a lot of the testing but if you look under the pit lane of the engineers or that were together to do it it wasn't just Will Power's team doing it. It was pretty much all the engineering staff at Team Penske going over the data along with the Chevrolet people. Same thing with the Honda people. And how do you explain that process and how valuable was it to get different thinking from other people involved? Ultimately, in, in the IndyCar paddock, there's, there's a tremendous amount of knowledge and, and some really good people. Um you need to, when you're developing something, particularly on a short timeline, right? You, you need to get all the heads involved. All there's a lot of intelligent people here. Yeah, we're on a we're on a short timeline, particularly from Laguna Seca at the end of 23 to when we're going to de debut the hybrid. It's you need every all hands on deck. Um, there's lots of little things that come up. It, it's not as simple as you just put these parts in the car and you go run. It's everything basically changes how the how the engine runs how it how it's all plumbed how how 
the entire car and how you talk to it and what the driver, um, how the driver interacts with the car and what you're expecting of him. And so it's, it's a lot of pieces to the puzzle and you need as many, uh, puzzle masters you because you get to do it um so that, that's key particularly the the relationship of the teams with the manufacturers how those uh, integrate with each other because the manufacturers are are you know developing and they're they're dyno testing and reliability testing these engines and these these hybrid units to have put them in the car but then the teams are going to have different requests, right? When the driver is going to have a different thought, well, maybe we need to do this with the engine or maybe we need to do this with the hybrid. And, and, um, as soon as you hit the racetrack, all things seem to change. So then that relationship of how do you, how does the team and the driver talk to the manufacturer to see how do you set development targets? How do you set development timelines? Um, and that's pretty, pretty key to make sure everybody's on task on, on trying to make the best thing we can. Were you surprised when IndyCar announced the delay until at least after the 108th Indianapolis 500 at the end of May? Um, yes and no. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough situation. We've 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 come a long way. It's the 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 product is really 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 close. Um, I, honestly, it's the, the issue we run into right is ultimately we're in a pretty spec series, so the car has to be very reliable. Um, and they the hybrids have been very good from that standpoint, but ultimately you have to have a lot of them um, and uh, trying to make sure that everybody's on the same page and everybody's on the same um, level going into the first race with how they feel about reliability of the system and how they feel with, uh, with all that. I think it's a really important. Um, so I'm, I'm okay either way. You know, I don't really have an agenda there. It's just more, I just want to make sure it's, you know, from a series perspective, everybody's got a fair shake at it. Engineers are paid to solve problems. And at what point did the light bulb go off over your head that say, hey, this is starting to work? We've been, like I said, we've been doing so many miles on it, but probably a, a couple of tests in October. Um, we really started to push the system a bit, kind of seeing what we can get out of it. Um, I mean, we started to understand what the reliability weaknesses were and where the strong points were. And so we could really kind of start to push it. And you could see, um, you could see a bunch of things, right? You, one, you could see drivers get excited about it because it's something new. Same thing with engineers. Like uh, you get kind of stale when, when car spec, whether it's, Hey, we can't, you know, you know, there's not only so many parts of the car that we can change. So when you get a, a new piece to the puzzle, um, it's exciting from the standpoint of, uh, um, hey, how are we going to go faster? How are we going to win races with this? Ultimately, that's why we're here. Um, but then in October, we could we started to push it a bit harder. Um, and that's when things started to get a bit more fun from the standpoint of you could see lap time. You could see uh, how our driver is going to use it the most efficient way they can. And now it's just been trying to make sure it's okay to run mileage-wise and, and, and reliability-wise since then. And um, But yeah, it's, I, I think there's a lot of potential there. It's going to be, it's gonna be a, a fun little tool. From a competitive championship standpoint, if this is rolled out midway through the season or in June, does that not really affect the dynamic of a championship race? Definitely adds a, uh, a variable, a little bit of a curveball there. Um, you know, ultimately, I think everybody's going to be in the same boat. It's it's going to be how do you manage it once, uh, once you're out in the water there. But, uh, um, you know, I think the team's – you're going to have to push really hard with what you've got, what you know ahead of time, right? So when you get up to Indy and, and you've hopefully got some good points on the board, um, 
but yeah, it's going to be a pretty big, uh, a pretty big thing that could affect the, the, the championship, right? And it, which gets back to the reliability talk. You have to make sure that this thing, when you put it in all these cars, it's it's a reliable product. Because um, say you've got six or seven guys within fifty points, you can't have two of them DNF because of it, right? So, um, and that's why IndyCar has been pushing so hard trying to get mileage on these and, and really make sure that the, the units that are in the cars that we're testing are just like they're going to be the units that are going to go in everybody else's race cars. And we put a lot of miles on them. We have a lot of trust built in it because because of that, that scenario, we, we got to make sure that they run. One of the main purposes of the hybrid assist unit was to increase horsepower, but it also brings extra weight. Now, one of the unintended benefits of not running the hybrid for the first couple of races is IndyCar has found ways to make the car lighter, which means the cars are going to go faster just by being lighter, even without the hybrid assist unit. So what's that variable going to be like? Uh, we'll see. I mean, yeah, we've got some new, some other new parts on the car this year. Um, it's going to be a lighter windscreen, a lighter gearbox. Um, so there's... There's things that have also changed that that fans may not notice, but they've done IndyCar's done a good job of trying to lighten the car up while adding adding weight to it when the hybrid eventually comes on. The thing we don't know yet at this time is uh, is where are we going to set weight? Uh, where's the series going to set weight for a non non hybrid car? There's definitely a scenario where yeah they could be faster. Um, so then it's going to be down to. Um, yeah, How, is this worse on tire wear? That's something we've been thinking about, right? How do you manage um, manage races? How do you manage your qualifying if if the cars are faster? It's just anytime you add speed, you add load to the car, and then then tires get used up more. So, um, yeah, it's just this. It's definitely a, a thought that's been going through a lot of our minds of how we're going to do that. Um, we're just kind of waiting a little bit on uh, where IndyCar uh, nets out with with uh, where our total weight's going to be. But um, yeah, it's these are all the variables, unfortunately, that this off season have kind of thrown at us. We don't really know um, which direction to develop. So it's you kind of got to cover all the bases, and it's it's been difficult. Will there also be a change in how they balance the weight, whether it be rear balance or front balance? Yeah, it's well, it's ultimately the you know the distribution has changed um, because the weight that uh, was supposed to be from the hybrid might not be there. So um, it's going to probably go a bit more forward um, from where at, from what our estimates are. So the question is going to be how much and where does that help and hurt? And, uh, you know, luckily we've got enough time with, with a windscreen car now since 2020 that we've got a pretty good idea of remove weight distribution here or there, where, where it goes and what the tires generally do. But yeah, it's, it's all variable that, that, that we have to take account for. When you start changing weight distribution, does that also change how the car reacts if it's in a spin? Um, yes and no. I think it's just, I think if, if you, when you change the weight distribution of the car, it's, it's more so of how a driver can control it, if it's a, a faster spin or not. Um, typically, if, if you move the, the weight of the car rearward, um, it kind of feels more like a, like you've got a, like a trailer behind you, but it, it will snap the car a bit faster. Like, so the drivers just have to be more, um, cognizant of that and how, how to manage the, uh, um, the balance of the car. If it, if it's an uncontrollable spin, it'll, it not really changing the weight distribution enough to kind of make it where that might be more violent. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. 
In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or... For household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Hey, everybody. This is Joseph Newgarden, winner of the 107th Indianapolis 500, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy. Here's the rest of my exclusive interview with Team Penske race engineer Ben Bretzman. Now, as far as the point of the hybrid assist was to give an extra boost of horsepower through the kinetic energy system that it's going to be on board the car. But a lot of drivers were saying at the test back in October that because of the extra weight, it was really going to be a wash in terms of extra miles per hour. How does it look now with some of the changes that have been made? And do you see where this will increase speed? Yeah, for sure. I, th I think you're going to see... Um a lot more speed, particularly on the road courses and street courses, just from the standpoint of we can continually recharge it. Um, on the oval side, particularly Indy, uh, you know, places in, in the race running, yes, well, it will it will help you, you know, it'll regenerate because you'll be able to regenerate in the toe of someone or you'll be able to kind of manually regenerate if you're running by yourself. Um, so you'll have power to, to deploy to help pass somebody, which is, is a benefit. Um anything we can do to help there is, you know, is, is a positive, you know, I, I think you'll see speed on in qualifying. Um, obviously you can only regenerate it so much, right? So it's just how, when do you use that power during qualifying? I think that's going to be a big efficiency study for the engineers and the manufacturers on, um, you've got this power in your capacitor, like in your battery charger there. When do you use that? So I think that's going to be a little bit of an efficiency study for qualifying alone, but I think you'll see probably more of an advantage in the race when you know you can recharge it and use and deploy it in every lap. 
On the ovals, they were going to use a paddle system to recharge. Will the paddle system be on there on street and road courses, even though they're not necessary because you can recharge them with the brakes? Yeah, it's it's looking that way. It's looking like uh, IndyCar hasn't officially put a uh, rules package out yet, but uh, it's looking like it'll, you'll have the option to kind of use a, a paddle or a button to kind of recharge your 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 system and then deploy it with a, with a button also. Um, and there's been some talk, obviously, of, of some auto-regen where you can kind of uh, – it'll auto-regen itself depending on if it's braking or, or kind of what the scenario is. Um, I think ultimately IndyCar is just trying to finalize what their what their deploy strategy and their recharge strategy is going to be. But there's definitely going to be some good options there, which is good and bad. I think in some scenarios, right, you've got to be careful, um, particularly at Indy, you know, when you're traveling that fast – you, at some point, you still have to bring safety in. You have to realize that you don't want the driver looking down, trying to grab a paddle or trying to push a button and look at their dash or something at the same time while they're battling three other cars. So there's, a, there's definitely a, a delicate balance there of, of driver mental capacity, right, and how much can they handle in certain scenarios. So it's a delicate balance there, but uh, there's going to be a few different options, it looks like, uh, for how we how we use the system. Speaking of the Indianapolis 500, uh, Bridgestone Firestone's Kara Kostrolak said we could break the track record now just through tire development. They have tire compounds that could probably break Ari's record that has stood since 1996. So where do you stand on that? Is that something I know that at the end of May, Firestone wanted to talk to IndyCar about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've been able to be on a couple sides of different different tire manufacturers and how, you know, it's funny, the tire manufacturers always seem to have a little bit of speed in their back pocket that they, they always keep right there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm positive that, that, uh, that they have something that, that could do that. There's, there's, uh, there's a lot of, it's the number one thing on a race cars is tires and tire utilization. Um, how do you use them? What kind of tires are they? Um, how do I feel on if we want to do tires to break the track record? I mean, it's it's not a bad idea. I also think we're not that far away right now. <laughs> so um, I think you know, as we continue to develop the cars, we're not gonna we're not gonna be too far away either. So it, you can kind of go either way. I think if you go back through time, obviously track records at Indy were broken on many different types of tires and and many different um, compounds and and uh, so I th you know I think it's a it's a advantage we could. We could definitely use, um, but, you know, I think we'll get there eventually regardless. Now, looking ahead to the 2024 season, Scott McLaughlin had another outstanding campaign in 2023. A lot of us expected he would go into the final race of the year with a chance to win the championship. I don't think any of us in, uh, expected Alex Pelot to have the type of year that he did. Unbelievable amount of uh, consistency. Didn't finish any race lower than eighth. Season high five race victories. If you took Alex Pelot out of the mix, which of course you can't do that, but how would you have assessed Scott McLaughlin's progress in 2023? Uh, it's it's getting better every year. Um, so our 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 2023 results were better than the previous year. Um, obviously our points points standings were better, but if you look at our average finish, average qualifying, they were both improved. Um, I think we ended up with a 5.9 average uh, finishing position, which on a 
on a on a mixed up uh, IndyCar season, that's usually good enough for a championship. It just so happened that we ran into a guy that had uh, like a 3.7 average finish. So um, I think that the 10 car and the nine car to that for that fact uh, both had amazing incredible years they haven't we haven't seen years like that in a long time um, not really since we were just oval racing so it's they read some pretty impressive years um, you know there's there's spots that we need to improve on for sure um, some of our road course efforts weren't great last year um, but you know I think Scott he's he just keeps getting better and better and better and the more Every year that goes by, he's uh, he gets more and more impressive. I mean, you look at the last seven races. I think we were on the front row for six of them in qualifying, and and uh, and that's across multiple disciplines, both short oval and road courses and street courses. And um, he's he's good. And he keeps getting better, which is a good thing for us. Um, but we you know we just got to hone in a little bit. I think one thing last year that hurt us was we didn't we didn't quite get off to the season start that we did honestly the year before. Um, so we think we really need to focus in. Obviously, we got to win at, at uh, Bar Motorsports Park, which was early, but um, the results at Long Beach and results at St. Pete and um, Indy Road Course weren't good enough to kind of get that that season jump started. But you look at you look at post uh, post Barber though. We were uh, I think eight points ahead, or eight points behind Palo, and all of a sudden he just took off in the right in the middle of the season there and we didn't didn't keep good enough pace there so obviously it just shows goes to show like if you get on a run you gotta you gotta take advantage of it and Alex got hot and stayed hot all season and uh um we just need to make sure we come out strong uh this year just to kind of keep that momentum and, and just let it go because 2022 and 2023 from really the back half or you know back half of the season he's Scott's does an amazing job. He's put up a lot of points in the back half of these seasons. Um, and we just really need to score some points at the beginning and uh, really tie the whole season together. A thing about Scott McLaughlin that a lot of fans may not realize because they see him, they see the public persona. He was part of the bus bros with Joseph Newgarden. They see that side of him. But those of us on pit lane and, of course, yourself on the team, you see the competitive fire that the guy has. He really is competitive. And to put a guy with that type of competitiveness, with that ability, how do you harness that? Uh, he's, he's a unique situation because uh, um, he he's definitely the most kind of, I guess, best way to say it, the most normal guy race car driver ever met. You could go have dinner with him, hang out, watch a football game. Then you put any sort of competitive environment, whether it's the race car, whether it's golfing, whether it's whatever it is, he... He wants to win, and he wants he wants to beat you, <laughs> um, and so uh, you know all the all the greats have that desire that 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 want to win, right? They they want to compete and they want to do the best they possibly can do, and uh, you know for him it's it's just making sure he's 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 got a lot of energy, he's got a lot of, of uh, drive, right? So just kind of make sure you, he's got the information he needs to have. He's pointing in the right direction, and uh, he's gonna go give you everything he's got. Um, it's it's been fun like he's he's you know he puts a lot of pressure on himself he puts a lot of pressure on himself so it's kind of, that's probably the biggest thing to manage with him is i mean you can't win every race trust me we try to but <laughs> just making sure that hey if, you know if we finish third we finish fifth that's those are really good days um so that's just trying to make that's probably the biggest thing to manage with him is is his expectations are to win and uh 
Um, just trying to make sure that he stays in the moment and, and gets what he what's he can what he can at that point. And uh, but yeah, he's he's a he's a good time to work with. Plus, during the off season, he was fully engaged in Ryan Blaney's effort to win the NASCAR Cup Series championship in 2023. Went to the final race of the season, the championship race at Phoenix. You can see a lot of his social media and a lot of uh, his videos that he posted. He was ending up being Ryan Blaney's biggest fan. And what's it like to see an IndyCar driver form a bond like that with a NASCAR Cup Series driver at Team Penske? Uh, it's cool. I mean, they, they obviously, they're both similar in the standpoint. They both have a massive competitive streak. Uh, Ryan's the same way, honestly. He He's an incredibly uh, competitive guy. He's often quiet, often reserved, but he is incredibly quiet. Um, but I think they both respect that with each other. They both acknowledge that with each other, and they, they you know, they, they've become good buddies uh, kind of here in, in the Charlotte area, um, playing golf and hanging out. And they, they take their competitiveness out on each other when they're here. Um, but they also support each other a ton. Like Ryan loves to know how Scott's doing, um, you know, where we're going for next year. Every time we chat with him, he wants to know how it's going. And uh, they, they, they just appreciate uh, where they're at in their careers, where they're getting to drive for Roger and, uh, and trying to win stuff for the team. Speaking of Roger Penske, there's not much left that he hasn't accomplished, but in 2023, there was yet another accomplishment. It was the first time he won the Indianapolis 500 and a NASCAR Cup Series championship in the same season. And when you start seeing accomplishments like that, like I said, there's not a lot left that he hasn't accomplished. But what's your thoughts that, wow, you know, that's that's something pretty big. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I've been here for almost 10 years now, and I – for as much as in, even in my short amount of time, and then you look back at the, through the history of, of Penske, I mean, there's been so many race wins. We're over, over 600 race wins, so many championships. And it's, it's kind of hard to believe that things, yeah, haven't, we haven't done things, but it, it, it's, uh, it's just cool to see that, that, uh, you know, the team itself, whether it's the NASCAR side, the IMSA, WEC side, and, and the IndyCar side, we're all, all of us are pushing towards the same goal. We've got, we hire the same types of people. Everybody's very driven. Everybody's very competitive. Um, we all kind of feed off each other. And, and, you know, when we're, it's funny, we're always trying to break, uh, break the records or try to get to milestones. Um, we'll, we'll hear about them. Um, and you know, obviously our next one is who's going to be the first one or how are we going to get to 700 wins? Like that's kind of our next milestone. So as that gets closer and closer, I think all the, all of our groups are going to be uh, are challenging for that. Cause you want to get that as, as a group. Right. And uh, it's just, it's such a, a privilege to be a part of such history and all this that's going on here. And uh, um, yeah, it makes it fun, right? It makes it fun trying to find these milestones that we haven't had yet. And so it gives you something to, uh, to really strive for. Team Penske didn't win the IndyCar Series championship in 2023, but you did win a 19th Indianapolis 500. So in a lot of ways, you still have to look at 2023 as a very successful season. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it was it was strong, right? I mean, winning Indy 500 is our number one goal. Um, so obviously the team was excited. Rogers was, was ecstatic with that. Um, I think that was the first win at the 500 for him with uh, since since getting a hold of the track. So, um, I think that's that's a that was a big goal of ours. Um, obviously, particularly with how our results have been there the last few years, um, it was good to kind of 
get that going. Uh, the rest of the season, I mean, was was good. Joseph ran amazing on all the ovals. Obviously, he almost won all of them. Um, and Scotty ran incredibly well. We had two guys finishing the top five in points, so Will was not far behind either. Will, Will had a, a, a sneaky good year uh, for how competitive the series is. Um, it wasn't a bad year at all. I think if you look at our our, our guys, we we put all three guys. I think it was a top eight, and uh, that's a that's a pretty good number. And when you comes that when you come down to it, so obviously anytime you win any five hundred, it, it helps. So that's that's your goal. Um, but it was a solid year. I think obviously we always want to win more, but uh, it wasn't wasn't bad in any way. And of course, Roger Penske revealed. Uh, you know, he was in victory lane at the Indianapolis five hundred, and somebody congratulated him on Indy win number nineteen. He was already saying. Well, the most important thing now is we've got to get Indy win number 20. That goes to show how driven he is. He doesn't really celebrate for long. No, I, I have first personal firsthand experience in that. When, when uh, my my team I was on in 2019, when we won, uh, I was in victory lane for about five minutes, and he was already talking about next year. So it's uh, it, it, uh, it comes and goes quickly. Um, I think, you know, he, he does – he still relishes in it, but he – that's Roger. That's RP. He just wants to keep winning. Well, they do plenty of winning here at Team Penske, and one of the reasons they do is people like race engineer Ben Bretzman, who works with Scott McLaughlin on the number three Chevrolet at Team Penske. Good luck the rest of the offseason, and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you so much. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. This is Will Power of Team Penske, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indie presented by Penske Truck Rental. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank our guest, Team Penske race engineer Ben Bretzman, for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests helped make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane in IndyCar. And because of our guests and listeners, Pit Pass Indy is proud to be the winner of the best podcast by the National Motorsports Press Association. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500.
This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin. And final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the walls.